morning, good morning, and welcome to Duality. I'm your host, Ash, and today we are getting into the topic of grief. So, yeah, this is a podcast I wanted to do for a while, and I feel like every time I want to do a topic in particular, um, kind of like a heavier topic or like something that, you know, is a little bit hitting home, it tends to kind of like go away for a while when I have the idea and then come back when it's more relevant. And, you know, I've been gone for the past two weeks. So shout out to y'all for understanding when I dip from this podcast and like have to go life and stuff (laughs) and then understanding when I come back and, you know, just it being very, uh, you know, good to receive me back. Like, I appreciate when I when I post the different flyers and stuff and, like, you know, everybody who chooses to share, anybody who chooses to read, like, it means a lot to me. You know, I was, um, I took a two-week break because some, some things had came up in my life that were really real that I needed to attend to surrounding the topic of grief. And, um, yeah, you know, I felt today, like, I was just talking with Kenny. I was saying how, like, to miss two weeks is one thing, but if I miss three weeks, I'm almost guaranteed to miss a month. And if I miss a month, then I feel like I'm missing something because this podcast has became like not only a staple in my everyday week, but in my reality when it's like, especially for a month when it's not in it, I feel the absence of it. And this pod has become not only, you know, that I've strived to make it a safe space for everybody to come and talk about the topics that they need to talk about, but also for myself. And there's a time, especially as um, a creator, and I feel like a lot of artists, and whether you're a podcast host, whether you're, you know, a, a visual artist, photographer, anything that you can identify with creating, right, and putting content out, like, there's a time where you know you gotta create art, and you gotta release it, and then there's time where you know that you gotta create art, and it's kinda for yourself, and then there's a time where sometimes we just don't be making art because things just be happening and life just be life in, and you know, um, you might not have it in reach to you. So I had to be honest with myself when last week I was going to do this podcast, I was like, I'm not, I'm not really ready to talk about it because I'm very much intertwined with the topic, and you know, I, I cried the past two podcasts, so, like, I'm not trying to keep <laughs> going up here and crying with y'all respectfully. I'll cry my own time, you know. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that I had my both feet, you know, ten toes down and be able to, to speak on this stuff because it's, like, grieving isn't just the process of when someone passes away and what comes with that. Like, grieving is also... It, it could look like, you know, when you end a relationship. It could look like when you end a friendship, when you, like, no longer talk to a family member, when you change something about yourself. You can grieve the version of yourself that still did certain things. You could grieve your teenager self, you know what I'm saying? You could grieve the place that you used to live, the job that you used to have, the ways that you used to be. And I think grief gets kind of put into a box when we, like, look it up or read about it where it could um, mainly, I feel like it comes up with, like, when people lose somebody. Like, I know for myself, I associated those two solely for, like, a really long time. And with that, 
it was like, okay, well, what is this feeling when, you know, say when you break up with somebody? Like, what is that feeling? You know, and that's that's still grief. Like, when you think that someone's going to be in your life or you're going to build a life with somebody, like, right, let's talk about relationships. We'll get into the other things. Like, when you are with somebody for an extended amount of time and you can see your life being with them and then they're no longer in your life, like, there is a recovery process. There is a grieving process. And that looks and feels different for everybody. And one of the reasons why I titled, like, You're Not Over It Yet is because... For myself, I know it takes a long time for me to get over a certain process and really process that. And that goes to from relationships to friendships. I mean, certainly goes for when I lose people. Like, that's a lifetime commitment. I don't think I'll ever be over it, you know. I remember when my father had passed, like, I, like, the, um, I was 17. So I also was just utilizing the information I had at the time. And there's, like, the five phases of grief you know anger denial acceptance and there's like two other in between right and I remember being like okay I'm at anger so that means I'm only like two stages away from acceptance and then I'll be done and it's like that don't work like that it doesn't work like that at least not for me I can speak on and um you know grief could look like an undertow it's like something that just grabs you and you kind of feel helpless when you're fighting it and then once you surrender to it you'll you'll float back up to the surface and um i feel like that applies to so many different aspects you know and that's that that goes for those friendships that you had that you thought that you'd have these people in your life your whole life and you know you think about them you miss them but then at the same time you know it might have not ended off on a good note so you might be angry with them or like the anger might show up even more so because it's like you don't have the accessibility to talk to them and and the thing is weird like something I found with grief like grief makes you do weird things if you cannot communicate with the person whether they are living or deceased if you cannot communicate with the person that you're grieving with, even sometimes when you can communicate with the person that you're grieving from, it'll make you do weird things. And when I say weird things, I mean if you're not grounded in identifying what that you're grieving, right, that this is grief and it's a process and that it's okay to miss things and not engage in them. It's okay to, you know, to feel sad about things ending, you know, but when that process, you know, when our control or our ego, you know, whatever part of ourselves that is fighting to get, quote unquote, normal, normalcy, like even that could be related even to COVID, like, oh, is when it gets back to normal, like, it's never going to be what it was before COVID, you know what I'm saying? So like it giving these false senses of comfort you know these different things it's like a, it's a denial aspect yes yeah, that could be tied into like the process of grief but also it's just a, it's a, pro a process of grief because it's of grief and I don't think these things get associated so we might have like these strong feelings about these different things that we experience or <coughs> excuse me different people that we experience that we no longer have in our life and it can make us behave um kind of off if 
we don't give space for those emotions because those emotions will find their way out. They will claw their way out from the depths of you, whether that's in your dreams, which I find is like a really big thing. I know for myself, um, I, I've spoken to a bunch of different people who are also grieving in their own right with their own things. Because, I mean, to be honest, I feel like all of us are at least grieving from one thing. You know, it's like... I feel like it's near impossible to not be, despite if you have everyone living or whatever the case is, even if it's like you miss your childhood home, you're grieving it, you know? And it's that sense of missing, that sense of longing is a form of grief within its own right. So it's like, what do we do with it? You know, when when we, especially when we notice like the behavior is like strange or weird or like not even not even a study it doesn't have to be even associated in those categories but when you're feeling something wants to come out of you sometimes you you behave <laughs> off and you don't even realize that it's simply because you want to say something about someone or something or an experience and that doesn't always require another party for you to do that and i feel like that took me a really long time to like understand learn and integrate because you know I as a person who struggled with always like not feeling heard in my in my life um as I got older um I believe that I created a coping mechanism of like communication so it was like good in one aspect um that I was speaking on things but in another aspect it was not so good because it's like okay well everything is not meant to be spoken about and you don't need to speak to everyone directly about everything and um but I'm also a, a, an audio processor so I feel like I want to talk like I want to verbally talk about it so I have a hard time at times when it's like okay I'm gonna write it down and, and write it in a letter because once I write that letter I want to send that letter you know or even if I can't even if it's to heaven I want to bring that letter to you know their resting spot or you know wherever it is and you know I used to I used to leave voicemails on my dad's phone when it was still his phone before like you know it got cu before it got cut off like I would just like send him text messages and and phone calls and like. It, 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 there was something about like actually sending something that made my um, I don't know if like grief or closure or combination of that and mixes of other things you know would make it feel valid enough like I felt a lot of times when I would say or write things or even talk to friends about different things people places and parts of myself that I've been grieving um, it wouldn't feel valid until it like got to the destination of what it was intended to and um something that I've been learning especially with the most recent process of of grieving that I've been um intertwined in has been different because you know everything's different um every experience is different and will bring out a different part of you and the experience that I'm currently in, I have a loved one that is is passing, and I have always experienced like as someone's alive and then they pass. Like it's like a sudden shock, but like I've only experienced one other person that has um, kind of let go slowly or crossed over slowly, and that was a completely different person, different process, and a different way that I internalized it as opposed to um, this current situation where 
it's strange to like grieve a life before it's gone. And then you start realizing like all the things that you want to say and all the things that you want to do. And yeah, maybe you can do some of those things and maybe you can say some of those things to that person that is like passing, you know, but you also got to check in with yourself to make sure that you're not selfish. Right. You know, I feel like there's so many things that I want to say to this particular loved one. And there's so many things that I did say. And I, I had to travel to go see him. Um, and when I got back, I thought about all the things. Or even when I was on the plane coming back, like I thought of all the things that I had wanted to say. And I was just like, well, do I want to say this for him? Or do I want to say this for me? And then that opens up the conversation of like grieving could be a really selfish process that's okay in some aspects but also it's something to be mindful when there's especially someone who's going through the process you know not everybody wants to be spoken to like they're dying when they're dying not everybody like you know it's not it's not a genius not a, a the person's not an eight ball that you're shaking and getting answers for like Every question you have is valid and it's and it's needed to be asked, but maybe not always to that person, you know, because I've been reflecting on that a lot within the past two weeks and like what is the most important things that I need to ask? And then I realized like when you're faced with like the ending or or death or like any kind of death or ending in general in your life, whether like physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, whatever. I feel like you start to see, like, what is actually important, you know? All these questions that we have, all these things we think we need to know that we want to know is, like, not always that important. It's not nearly as important as we think it could be, you know? And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm going to drink a sip of my drink because I need one. That's a good tea. It was nice. <laughs> it's my first time having it. Uh, it's called Revitalize. So I felt like that was fitting for today. So me and Kenny trying to make tea today. But um, to jump back into the topic, it's like something I've, I've observed when, specifically this is for when, when I've lost loved ones that are close to me, is like grief will take a hold over everybody around you and when you're the person who's like directly affected like I'm talking parents I'm talking siblings I'm talking like your immediate family passing you know there's it's not that you, uh, everyone else's grief isn't valid because it is it's absolutely valid but I think that there's a, a way you know and I want to speak on this for anybody who may not know this or who may not have had anybody that close to them pass away because I feel like you really only can understand and know this when you get initiated into that process because it's inevitable for all of us and sometimes it's earlier in life and sometimes it's later. But my point is is that when you're going into a situation, especially like the situation I just came from where it's like, you know, someone is passing and like their loved ones are around them and you're coming to like pay your respects, you're coming to give your support, you're coming to say your goodbyes, whatever it is. Um, it's really important not to like, I wouldn't call it like suppressing what you're feeling, but just managing it because 
I can't tell you how many people I had to console as a 17-year-old girl for the loss of my own father, you know, when I was, whether it was the day that we got the news or every day leading up to the, to the wake or the years after that, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that you can't show emotions around those specific loved ones. But I think it's so important to just ground yourself in the reality of like, yo, this hurts. And I know this, like this hurts. Of course it hurts me. Like I, I understand the pain the uh, you know, friends and other loved ones can understand the pain. And yes, share what you feel called to share, but just be mindful of what you share. You know, not everything you're thinking should be said out loud because it could affect people around you negatively who are already like carrying a lot of fucking weight because it's like sometimes, you know, someone, you lose a loved one, you lose a friend, <coughs> but you're not the person who is not only losing a person, but also having to figure out, like, where you're going to live and, like, what a will looks like and, you know, what uh, all of the things that come with death that you don't get taught to, like, have to do. Like, okay, now I have to plan a funeral. Now I have to plan a wake. Like, how do they want to be buried? Do they want to be cremated? You have to think about all of these things. And then when you're, especially, like, in the case of, like, for me and my my two sisters, like, I was 17. My sisters were in their early 20s. Like, we didn't know what to do nonetheless. Like, we're grieving the loss of our father. So then in that process, when people were coming over and, like, being so um having such strong reactions naturally we want to help people like we want to comfort you that's going to innately be a response and a reaction that comes out of at least like I know with my family most people I know that are in these circumstances we might not ever say it to you we might not ever say like yo I understand that you're feeling a lot but like watching certain people break down has made me also not be able to like be in certain spaces you know like I, I like it's like I had a a fucking hairline like a, a a straw that was about to break the camel's back and then like a, I see a, my dad's friend or like someone I don't know or whatever whoever like screaming crying and like watching that process it's like it, it, it's like my body would freeze and be like like I want to console this person I also want to cry like I also want to get the fuck out of here like I don't know how to process that so like I'm saying all this to say like don't suppress your emotions but be mindful when you're walking into sensitive areas such as like someone who is about to die or someone who just died and like you're approaching their closest loved ones maybe if you're feeling very strongly emotional take a moment to go outside take a moment to take a breath to ground yourself and to collect yourself so that you don't also become these families uh I wouldn't I don't want to say burden but kind of burden to like have to console and uh, I say that with the utmost love and respect just for those that don't understand that experience like you know when when that time of life, when that portal gets opened, right, when someone's crossing over or crossed over, whether it's an anniversary, whether it's the time that it's happening, there's just shit that we don't want to fucking hear, <laughs> like, or do, or, like, and if that can be avoided, that would be ideal. 
you know, and that would really be the best support. And the reason I'm saying this is not to scold anyone. It's more so to give a guide of how to deal with, you know, how to interact with people that are grieving, like really deeply grieving, especially in this particular case, a loss of a loved one. This can also be applied to people that are going through breakups and changes that uh, are it, it's that is consuming them. You know, like some people aren't ready to talk about things and that's OK. You know, not trying to pry and getting into that is is important. And, you know, I've been guilty of of, of prying and trying to get into certain things when I didn't have the awareness that everyone processes things differently because, you know, it's important to have a safe space to speak. And when you see someone not ever speak about something in any space, you want to try to create that safe space, but it's important to keep it a safe space and not make it a dangerous one by trying to force something. And that's something I've had to learn over and over again as well, even after with my my knowledge and my bachelor or master's degree in death like i still i still had to understand like everybody processes things differently so my rule of thumb of what i'm sharing with you guys is something that's pretty universal i feel like for most people that endure some like intense um deaths or, or grieving and um you know just not not thinking about the, the 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 small shit like sometimes the small shit's good you know if it's funny it's gonna make me laugh like yeah of course like but like I think most of all, rather than going into categories of what you should and shouldn't say, more so it's like asking yourself, just like there's that quote, I forgot from who, someone prophetic, and they were talking about like, ask yourself, is it kind? Uh, is it necessary? And who is this going to benefit? You know, I think that that rule should be applied every time you're speaking to people who are uh, grieving and are going through a process and also just knowing like you may not get a response people that are in it especially if someone's like passing or just passed like they might not have they might literally be doing so many things physically like they can't even get back to you so it's important to not take that stuff personal too like i know even in a lot of cases that i haven't been able to get back to people that you know and and, and i'm on the outskirts of this particular situation you know so i, I can imagine the people who are on the inskirts of the situation like there's so much happening sometimes a phone is an escape and sometimes it's an antagonizing beast of just like all of the unanswered messages and to stop from that overwhelm you know, just finding a middle ground and really just checking in with yourself. And then as the people grieving, giving ourselves the permission to just do what we need to do. When we hit these certain, like, depthful grief times of our life, we shift into survival mode. And when we shift into survival mode, we can want to pour into other people's cup, into other people's cups, but we probably can't. And even if we can, we probably shouldn't because we need to figure out how to unclog the pipes to make sure our faucet runs before we can pass around any water because when we're dehydrated and we don't have anything to push forward, we still need to. Like, we, we still have to, you know? So it's okay to not share your reserve. It's okay to not share everything 
that you have, whether that's your thoughts, whether that's your literal, like, sustainability, in whether it's food or time or stepping outside and just taking a breath, like, you don't, you're not obligated to share that with anyone. Whether another person comes outside, like, you can walk away. Whether another person, you know, is always trying to be there, like, and maybe they want to be there in a good way and they're trying to support, like, it's okay to tell them, like, I just need to be alone right now. Because there's, there's things that we need to navigate alone. And it's up to us to, to, to you know, discern that fine line of the necessary alone time and then the isolation you know, because there's a fine line between the two. Like, the isolation might not be the most beneficial thing for us to always partake in simultaneously. Um, that alone time is absolutely crucial to our being able to move forward, right, to reflect. And and then things come out, like, you know, and, and, if, it, and if you don't give it space in your awake life, it'll start coming up in your dream world. It'll start coming up in your dream life. It'll start, you know, you'll go to sleep and, and people, places, and things that you are trying to avoid thinking about during the day, you know, come to surface in your dreams. And then sometimes you wake up and 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 you're rattled and you don't know, like, that, that line between being awake and being asleep is so, that veil is so thin between you and spirit world when you're going through any of those processes. Like, I've even had that happen when I've, like, lost not physically, you know, um, in life, but like lost like partnerships and friendships where it's like, I'm like, am I awake or am I in a nightmare? Like, am I, am I dreaming? Am I, is this a reality? Like anytime a traumatic event happens, like that shakes you to your core, no matter what that looks like for anyone else, I'm talking about you and something that happens to you. You're the only person who could really know that that's that serious for you. The same way, like, you get hurt physically and, like, on the, on the surface, you might have not bled a lot. It might not have been that serious to the people around you. But you're like, nah, like, I feel like I have a fracture. Like, I need to, you need to know, like, and, and vocalize your pain to whoever is needed to, like, help heal that. Whether that, that looks like a therapist, whether that looks like a family member, a friend, you know, whether that looks like your journal, your vlog, your, your audio message whatever it is you know and take ownership of the fact that that shit fucking hurts like it hurts and it's it's not it, it's okay to be like yo this shit broke my fucking bone even when no one believes you grief looks different for everyone and even if you never met a person i've seen like collectively people just reacting to grief like there's so many different events that happen where we didn't even meet a person but some reason somehow whether we could connect to the way they look or the things that they stand up for or the connection that we have to like their music or watching them do different things like we grieve from afar sometimes so depthfully you know, and then when we are in person and, and we're grieving even in a closer manner, like, there is no one who can tell you that your grief isn't valid. And if anybody does, it's because they're probably just so consumed with their own grief and they don't know what to do with it. So it's not to villainize them. It's just to validate you, right? Like, 
validate your own feelings with that statement. Like your your grief is valid, you know, whether that's a loss of a, a pet or a, you know, a loss of a job. It, it, it doesn't have to be, quote unquote, as depthful as like what is constantly associated with grief because that that grief like probably has a more depthful reason if you're crying hysterical because your your fish died you know which could seem seemingly not that serious to most people but if you're having such a strong reaction it's probably triggered from something else something that maybe you're not aware of something that maybe you're aware of and if you want to cry for a fucking week, two weeks, a month about your fish dying, like that's your fucking priority. That's your prerogative. Like that's that is something up. I'm like I'm trying to say a word and it's not coming out, but y'all know what I mean. Whatever. And <laughs> prerogative is what I was trying to say. Anyway, um, with that being said, it's like sometimes that needs to look like you're dealing with it alone because some people cannot understand you know you see people like when when pop smoke passed away when when all these different celebrities passed away like you know or even the more traumatic events when regular civilians passed away in controversial ways you know and how not only did that affect the families but that had that affected different demographics of people and then all people you know if you have empathy you know if you have awareness on certain topics and places and things and and things that are reoccurring like even if that person never met that person there was something that rang so deep within their being that they can't shake that feeling of just i'm okay after hearing this news we get so fucking numbed to like all of these things that happen around us all the time and just be like, ah, it's okay, just keep it pushing. Like, how can you wake up, watch the news, find out that, like, three-year-old babies got killed, fucking older elders got killed, everyone in between, and then just be like, okay, I'm going to go make my coffee, and it's going to be good. Like, you're getting fucking, like, bombarded with a bunch of things to grieve about, even though it might not be connected to you. If it's one thing that I can fucking tell you, it could, unfortunately, I don't want to wish this upon anybody, but, like, don't ever make the mistake of thinking that it can't be you, that it won't happen to you. Don't ever make that fucking mistake because it could, things could happen to anybody. Shit that happens in movies could happen in your fucking life, and then the next day you wake up and you're just like, what is life? Like, what? what is reality? Like, what is nightmare? What is imagination? Like, what the fuck is going on? And then you'll remember that moment of you thinking that that shit could never happen to you because none of us are exempt to that. You know, you might be God's favorite, but you're not exempt to shit. And um, I say that with a lot of love and respect because, I mean, I'm speaking out of in, in, in first case um, experience, you know, you don't expect it to ever be you. So, and then when it is you, you're like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what the actual fuck? And, um, and then you got to keep moving. And then you got to keep moving and you got to keep doing. And where you have to stop doing and you got to just pause and you got to just like, you know, be there and be present with whatever it is that is coming up for you because it's just, 
you can't expect yourself to just get over shit. And that's the point of this podcast, right? Like, sometimes people say it because people really don't know what the fuck to say. Like, people really don't know what to say in these scenarios. Like, I had somebody say to me at my father's funeral, like, oh, you know, everything happens for a reason. Um, I strongly don't recommend saying that to anybody at anyone's funeral or in general, if it's like not like a positive thing necessarily. I mean, maybe, but maybe not at someone's funeral. Like, I don't know. And at that moment, I was like, I just like looked at this woman who I've never met before. And I'll always remember her face because I remember that moment because that was one of those moments that I was like, am I in a fucking dream? Because who, what the fuck? Like, who says that shit? And, like, am I mad at her? Do I hate her? No. I just feel like she didn't know what to say, and she got awkward, and then she put words into a space that didn't need them. And that happens a lot with people when they feel uncomfortable. They'll be like, okay, you know what? Like, I'm just going to speak. I'm just going to say words, and I'm fucking guilty of that for sure. Like, I understand what that's like. I just don't necessarily do it as much in this particular topic because I know what it's like to have it done to me. And it's just like, what? You know, like I'm 17 standing next to my dad's casket after a fucking hurricane happened, and you're telling me everything happens for a reason? That might be true, but I don't see that shit yet. Like, I have no fucking, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that yet. So what the fuck are we talking about? You know, so (sighs) with that being said, talking about, you know, when people are even like, yo, aren't you over it? Like, even if it's a friend, like you had a friend, you don't, you're not friends with them anymore for X, Y, Z. Like, like, oh, you're not over it. You, You still worried about that. And it's like, I know for myself, like when I love, I love so hard. And that's in friendships, that's in relationships, that's in everything that I fucking do. That's in, in, in work partnerships. And this is why at this, at this age that I'm in, like, I'm very, I, I'm very careful with who I let close to me, not in the, like, I have walls up way, but more so in like, I just know that when I commit, I commit so depthfully and it's hard for me to even not lose myself in certain relationships and interactions because of how much I want to give. And that's something for another podcast and another time to kind of talk about. But I know that I have to use discernment and I've had so many people that I thought had so much more of a a permanent fixture, which, you know, life is temporary and everything in it is temporary. So not that anything is permanent, but a more permanent fixture, something that I felt would be, you know, uh, there longer. Someone, some people, you know, some places that I thought were going to carry on with me until longer years. And some days, like like I made the little infographic, like some days I feel like, yeah, I am over it. And other days I feel like I'm not even close to being over it. And then other days I feel like I'm in between. And then that's the journey because it's like I can sit there and admit to myself that I can't see grief ever ending when it comes to your loved ones passing. Like, I'm not trying to break bad news to you and say that, you know, you never get over it. But at the same token, I I might pop a bubble of being like, you might not ever get over it, but the way that you deal with it will change and it will look different every day, every moment, every minute, every year, and you'll learn to navigate it better, you know, or maybe not better. You'll learn to navigate it different, you know, because some years it seems better and other years it doesn't seem better. And it doesn't matter if it's 
one year, two years, 10 year anniversary, 15 year anniversary, like that shit is still, it's crazy how our bodies feel an anniversary without us even having to remember the date. Like w- our, we feel it, we feel it coming, whether it's, uh, it's a subtle under, under note in like our reality or if it's something that's super predominant and we're bracing for it, or if it's something we just realize on the day, you know, but there's, there's these different feelings and sensations and like sometimes we can associate especially for those who lose who have lost and will lose or have like grief around this time of year like there's a lot of anniversaries of grief I have at the end of the year so I always feel like okay like September comes around and I'm like all right we got September but once September is done like we got to kind of surrender to grief for the rest of the year and that doesn't mean okay I have to be miserable for the rest of the year but I also just I know to be a little bit more mindful and more compassionate to myself and a lot of people around that time um, because the holidays come up and like the holidays I feel like bring up a lot of grief and that could be for the living in the past. Like that could be for, you know, you have grief that your family doesn't meet up anymore because of COVID. You know, that could be grief because your family doesn't meet up because some of them have passed. Like, that could be like that you're, you used to have a tradition with one of your friends that no longer is in your life or in a past relationship that you have certain memories around a certain time, whether you would do certain things with one another and or if you broke up it during that time of year. You know, it's like there's so many different things that come up, I feel like, especially in the end of the year, not only because of you know they call it the dark years of the month right the fall everything starts to die the leaves start to fall down and then in the winter everything is pretty much dead besides the evergreens and you know certain certain plants and um there's a lot more bareness like there's a lot more emptiness outside and inside and then it gets colder so we're in the house more and then when we're not as busy we start to realize, like, all the shit starts to catch up to us. When, we're, when we stop doing all of the things that we were doing, it, it's like, okay, this is how I'm actually feeling? Damn, I didn't realize that because I had 27 things to do today. And then when you're taking that moment to wash the dishes and you're like, fuck, like, shit is crazy. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I feel like w- specifically washing the dishes and taking a shower even when I fill up my schedule and I'm like, oh, I'm too busy. Like, I, I can't, like, you know, it's not that I can't feel emotions, but at the same token, like, my brain tries to, my fucking air moon tries to compartmentalize, like, okay, I can't feel everything right now, you know. And then as soon as the water hits me, I don't know if it's because I'm a water sign and I'm a cancer or, you know, if that's just the process for me, you know. <laughs> or I'm sure there's plenty of other people that can relate. The moment I'm taking that, washing the dishes or like doing something detailed or or washing myself in the shower that's when that's when the space comes in and then the grief will roll in and then but I noticed if I let the grief run its course once the grief is done talking there's finally fucking silence like there's there's actually silence because I just listened I listened to what I needed to, what my, what my subconscious needed to tell me. I, to make conscious, like I listened to that. And once I listened to that, I was able to just absorb it. And when you absorb it, when you have a really loud mind and you get the 
the gift of silence. There's like close to nothing better that you can gift yourself, man. That's that's just something, you know. And so I encourage, you know, when you have the space, because not every time you don't have the space to listen to your grief. I would love in an ideal world, I would love to say, yo, every time it comes up, like, you know, sit with that grief and, and, and listen to it. But that's not realistic. Some people have kids. Some people have, you know, other family members that are depending on them. And, and when they're taking that moment to, to wash the dishes, someone's dropping a fucking pan and and the, the cat is running up the, the drapes and, like, all this crazy shit is going around you. So it's not always attainable. But when you do have the space and you want to say, eh, I'll put that to later, but you do have the space, I strongly encourage you to just listen to what it has to say and then give to yourself that silence of absorbing it after. Um, I feel like that's a really, that's like one of the only ways that I've been able to like push through with shit, to be honest, is to like give myself that space and, um, and that silence to just absorb. And that's what the past two weeks that I haven't been doing the podcast has been about for me. It's just, like, absorbing. Like, it's already vulnerable to, like, come up and talk about topics that are, like, very present in my life. Um, which I do all the time. But, like, uh, this one's just a little bit more vulnerable. And the timing, there's just a lot of different things that I'm grieving and different people that I'm grieving and different anniversaries and timelines in which I'm grieving them. And then I'm surrounded by a bunch of other people that are grieving a lot of people and a lot of things at the same token. And um, taking those two weeks off to just absorb was what I had to do to be true to myself. But then also coming up here and talking about it today was was also a way for me to be true to myself, to speak about this thing because it's not you know it's not um it's the i i don't i, I don't want to say it's not a topic that gets talked about a lot because i feel like i say it about a lot of topics but it, i really don't be lying though like and y'all know that but <laughs> but it's not about these topics not being talked about a lot it's about who is talking about them because if you're a fucking psychologist that like read all of the books and 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 dotted all your eyes and cross all your t's but don't have the living experience it just hits different it don't it don't hit the same once when, when you're looking at somebody and they're talking to you about an experience they've never experienced before like they're a fucking expert you don't have to go to school and read all these different books i mean it could help it could be beneficial for you to process and understand and like maybe understand other people's perspectives and what that looks like but you living your own personal experience, there will be nothing that permeates and penetrates more than that. And I used to always feel that way. I know when I was younger and I and I was, like, talking to a therapist, like, I remember saying, like, I mean, I was a little bit out of pocket, but I was like, how the fuck do you know? Like, I understand you're sitting across from me and you're telling me that you're validating my emotions and, and you understand, but do you? Like, do you really? Because <laughs> you you can only understand so much. Like, we can empathize with people. We can listen to them. But if we don't have a similar experience, there's a certain resonance that you will never get with that person. And 
that's why when you're going through certain things, like you can resonate with those people and you want to be around them because they get it. You don't need to talk about it. They just fucking feel it. You feel it. You look at each other. You be communicating with your eyes. That's, you don't even need to talk, you know? And then there's other times where people are like, you know, in that space and like that space was uh, a good space. Like I should, I should have been in therapy. Like I, I was in a school that had a therapist. I was grateful, you know, the therapist was an amazing therapist, you know, um, Actually, I'm getting confused. Those are two different people. But yet, the other person that I was talking about that I that I had said that to, I was just like, you know, there's also there is also a a place and a space where it's like, whether you're a therapist or you're a person, like there's a time and space to be like, I can relate, and here's why. And then there's also a time and a space to not fucking say that you're relating to every single thing that person's saying. Sometimes a person just needs to be heard. They don't need to hear how you experience the same exact thing. And I know I'm guilty of that because it's like something in me that wants to validate another person's experience. And they're like, oh, I understand. Like, this is why I understand. And I have to check myself constantly, too. Like, by asking, I feel like asking the person, whoever you're interacting with, and just being like, do you want to be heard? Would you like advice? Do you want feedback? Or do you want me to just listen? Because I could just listen. I don't need to speak. And, like, when you say those things, I know it's hard to say that in every conversation, but when you give that space to say those things, you're able to support the person exactly the way they need to be supported, not the way you think they need to be supported. So that you're already debunking that, right? And then some, another topic that I want to talk about um, that I, like, briefly touched on is, like, uh, the contrary of that, you know, when – you feel like you can't talk to people who don't understand certain things, right? You go into a space, you have a certain kind of trauma. Some people just can't understand, you know, and that's, they, they can empathize, but they can't understand. Now, on the flip side, there's people that can, right? And it's important for us to not get addicted to trauma bonding because just because somebody can accept, understand, and see you in your pain doesn't mean... Let me rephrase that. Just because someone can see you and understand your pain doesn't mean that they can accept and support you through your pain. You know, I had this weird thing that was happening where I was literally only dating people who lost their father. Like, it was like this manifestation that happened. Like, because I was like, I can't, like, I, I, I would always feel like I couldn't be with somebody who or be around or, like, talk or be intimate with somebody who doesn't understand this pain. Whether they knew my father or not, like, they just, they don't understand this pain. Like, they won't ever be able to understand me. Mm, That's valid. That's a valid point, you know. But then also it's, like, mm, not everybody that suffers the same or similar trauma to you also knows how to support themselves and they also might not know how to support you and in fact it could be even worse than a person who doesn't know or have that experience at all because you're constantly triggering one another like everyone wants to measure like trauma dicks like sorry for like the profanity but like it's such a weird thing that happens it's like you experience a lot of trauma and you're like automatically you you got this big dick trauma energy right and then it's like the next person comes into the room and you're like nah 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 that's not as big as this right and then that person's like nah 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 that's not as big as this and I'm like but you only know this much about it you don't even know the rest and that person's like well the same thing with me and that's something that like I feel like a lot of us have been guilty of or going through in so many different aspects and then 
you know, navigating and moving away from that is just like, once again, a person could stub their toe and it could be the end of the fucking world for them. They could cry and bleed and it could put them on their ass for a fucking week. And then you could stub your toe and you can laugh. And when you laugh, like that pain is almost like, uh, that pain's almost a relief from the fucking pain that you're experiencing in your own mind and in your own heart. Like, that's why people like tattoos. Hello, you know, it's like, give me reasons to get out of my head and into my body. Like, and let's make a map of what I mean. You know, I know that I, at least that was how it was for me. And I actually, I don't know if I got any tattoos this year. I probably did, but you know, I've a lot less than I have in the previous years. And, um, I used to use that a lot as like an integration of my pain, you know, like that, that needle hit my skin and the ink going in and the intention and, and the vision of what's going to be there is always like an integration of something that I experienced, um, in my life. And that's the story of all of my tattoos. They all have like that kind of, um, that's how I got there. It's like something happened, good or bad. And then I was like, I want to get a tattoo about it. And this is what that's going to symbolize. So when I look at my skin, I can remember the memories that I feel are significant enough to be on my skin. And with that being said, you know, going back to that trauma bonding thing, like sometimes it feels really fucking good to like talk to somebody that knows like and what that could feel like the absence of someone so significant in your life when you're younger and like you know oh wow like we we relate on that and then there's there's the healthy and then there's the not so healthy and it's up to you to discern that like what comes up you know I've, I had a previous um relationship where both of us had lost our fathers and like um, there was like anniversaries around the same time and like birthdays around the same time as anniversaries. So like October, November was always like uh, heavy months for us. And like, I remember how sometimes it would be like, okay, boom, we like, we both get each other. Like we're going to support each other through this. And then other times it was like really fucking bad. Like the worst fights that we would have, like throwing fucking candles out windows type shit. Like there's a lot of things, a lot of things, you know, I won't get into all of that, but like, it's my point of bringing that up is like just being mindful with like who you really want to pair with, whether that is in friendships, whether that is in relationships and like why you want to pair with them. And like, if that is needed, like, like once I realized, okay, I don't need my partner to have lost their father. Then I was like, wow, like I can't believe that in my head I made that like, a fucking box that needed to get checked off without even consciously, like, I didn't consciously say that, but, like, my experience of dating people who didn't experience that, I was like, you can never understand me to a certain depth. And and that enabled this space for only those types of people because it was, like, multiple people. It was, like, yeah, it was my long-term partner, but then after that and before that, it already had started. It was, like, every person, and it was, like, every... It's crazy what we attract. It's crazy what we attract and what we think we need and what we think we want. Like, it, all of them were the same sign, and they all didn't have... They all lost their fathers early in life. And it was so weird, and then, like, the signs started changing, but then, you know, they still lost their father and so it was like the things were changing in my brain and I feel like this is a side note in another podcast as well but like 
when we attract, like, say you meet somebody and, like, you're just meeting all of the Virgos, all of the Leos, all of the Cancers, all of the Libras, the Scorpios, whoever, right? When you're having an abundance of one sign coming into your life and you, you're, you're taking note to that, pay attention because that's something that you need, but you don't need it from them. You need it from yourself. And they're just placed and sprinkled around your life until you realize that. And then a lot of the times when we realize that they're not in our life as much, it doesn't mean that they're completely out, you know, but they're not in our life as much uh, because we realized that we were going to someone for something that we actually needed to cultivate within ourselves, And, um, you know, I would take it in very plain terms of like, you know, cancer would be the emotional sign. You need to know what your emotions. You could even break it into the elements, you know, fire signs being like you need to like ignite passion and, and you know, put yourself out there and like do things like that in your physical body so like even just doing that but that's like that's a side note that's another podcast we're here to talk about grief and you know sometimes grief could also be happy i know it sounds weird but sometimes it can be because it's like especially with this past situation um that had just came up with my extended family like like i had to travel and i had to take like a same day flight and that was all fucking crazy and i have never had to do that before and when I got out there, I had like a freaking panic attack at the at the car place to rent a car because I had to drive an hour and like long story short, I ended up leaving with like a red charger because like that's what you do when you're like having a fucking panic attack at a, at a car rental place. You leave with a fucking fly ass car that you really shouldn't have necessarily invested in. But it was fine. It was just like twenty eight more dollars. I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. I released that. It was actually a good like little perk, little like little shot of light in a fucking dark tunnel you know in my head i was like if i get a fast car then i can get there faster you know and i mean i wasn't wrong but you know <laughs> it's a fucking trip literally and figuratively and like the joyous moments in um that you can find in grief can look like really just embracing the moment you know there is moments where we just did things that we used to do. Like, even if it was simply just going outside for a tobacco, you know, we were in, like, a hospital, so it's not necessarily, like, allowed or common. And, like, even just being able to create that space to have that moment, like, that's a moment I won't ever forget. And um, and I'm really grateful that I got to have that. And it could be bittersweet, you know, knowing that that might be one of the last moments, but simultaneously it's sweet because I got to have it and I got to live it and in the moment it felt the same like it felt very like we were all laughing and we were all smiles and we were all like just embracing one another um and um of course there's the undertone of sadness but it there is glimpses of happiness and grief and then there is also when it comes to all of the other spectrums of how we grieve and who we grieve and what we grieve, there is also the um, the space for acceptance and knowing that that was a beautiful time and that that may have been a beautiful person or an experience. Uh, 
But then you got to also think about, and I'm not really talking about more so when you lose loved ones. I'm more so talking about like friendships and uh, relationships and old jobs and things like that places. And it's like thinking about all of the things that you were able to experience after those things, because we grieve things that are unhealthy too. We're human. Doesn't have to be good to grieve it. A lot of times we grieve, a lot of times we grieve unhealthy things. And it doesn't make you unlovable. It doesn't make you um, incapable of experiencing love in the present moment. If you're talking about like relationships, if you're grieving another person, it doesn't mean that you can't love and be in love with a person at the same time. You know, it doesn't mean that you can't move on and move forward. It just means that you're a fucking human, you know, and <laughs> you're going to grieve things, you know, even people that may not be so vocal about it. There's going to be a song. There's going to be a place they drive past. There's going to be something that reminds them of someone else or something else. And it's OK for them to grieve that, because when you choose to be in partnership with someone, you are not their entire life in their entire world. They had a life before you. They had a life during you. They will have a life after and with you. And um, for you to grieve other things doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you, um, it doesn't, you shouldn't feel guilty for not being able to be over something. And that could apply with friendships too, you know, like you don't have to like take that into your other friendships because you had X, Y, Z happen with one person and you were really close with them, but now you don't speak anymore and now you're, like anxious to get so close with another person you know you don't need to take that part that part of it with you you can just grieve that it didn't you know had to get let go of and and accept you know the lessons and the stuff that come with it and I think that could be difficult like I know even uh, like especially when it comes to like especially when it comes to like love I I was just like briefly talking with Kenny earlier is like I remember one particular time of my life where I just felt like I like I was cursed like I couldn't I felt like I couldn't love anybody because everyone I loved was like dying and then I was afraid to love people because I felt like it was like handing them a black rose with like three crows like carrying it to them like it was it was dark and it was scary you know it was like I, I experienced my father pass and then like, the person I was dating, like, I was losing him to uh, substance abuse, and then he was out of my life, and then I was like, ah, I'm not really going to date people, and then the first person that I had fell in love with after that um, had passed away in a really traumatic way, and I never got to tell him, like, how I felt, and that grief haunted me for a really long time, and I felt like, especially after that happened, I felt like I couldn't love anybody or that if I loved them that I would be putting them in danger so my grief um translated in a really heavy way that made me have to ice well made me feel like I had to isolate to protect people because you know I mean given like I look back at it and it's like I I get why 17 18 19 year old me thought those ways because that was all I knew. Like, everyone around me was dying. And then on top of that, like, all extended friends were dying because everybody, at least, like, here, you know, 
uh, live on Staten Island and there was like a big epidemic going on and it was just like, oh, you remember that kid that we used to go to school with? Oh yeah, he just overdosed. It was just like, that was something that was always happening. And then I had these significant losses in these people and I'm giving y'all the short version. There's synchronicities, there's fucking birthdays that are the same day. There, there are all these different things, you know, that that had came up and it was really hard for me to not carry my grief into each and every concept of moving forward. It was like death and love. There was so much grief surrounding that. And then later in life, there was more friendship that so much grief was surrounding. And I mean, I'm sharing all this and I feel super vulnerable about it, but you know, if it helps anybody to feel seen and to feel heard and understood, like that's the goal. Cause you know, I'm not just up here sharing this for me. I could, I could do that in my therapy. I could do that in a voice note. But um, the whole point of doing it on here is so that it gets put out into the world. Because if it, if I experienced it, then I know that other people could have experienced it or something similar. And um, it was scary to love again. You know, it was scary to let people in again. Um, but it was worth it, and even though I got hurt plenty of fucking times after those situations that I was talking about, um, it's interesting because I feel like after that happened and after the person that I had like fell in love with had passed away, um, and I never got to tell him that, you know, after that happened and I went through that stage of like not wanting to get close to people and then I finally dated somebody for the first time after all of that like long term I feel like I died <laughs> like in that one and at the same token like that part of me needed to that part of me needed to I'm not validating any of the shit that was done let me make something clear but after all of that pain I took all of that pain with me into that next relationship maybe not everything but almost like 98 percent of it and then that got projected into not only that relationship but my whole reality around me and the and the common undertone of like not feeling worthy because like you experience these traumas in life like all these different traumas it's not just losses and, um, you know, you, you can grieve your own innocence, right? And then when you're grieving your own innocence, you could just not feel worthy. Like, I feel like that comes up so much. And that unworthiness was overflowing within me that I was manifesting accidentally, you know, unconsciously, um, undesirable situations that had to come to me to make me realize that that's fucking undesirable and I need to figure out what is desirable. And I kept on having to get brought to my knees and to pray and to figure out like, what the fuck? Like, I am worthy of something. I'm not just deserving of pain. I don't need to just be uh, friends with, you know, I don't have to have this heavy association with death. Like, it doesn't have to just be this painful process that 
is unbearable. Like once you start shifting what your concept of death is, the ending, and to know that there is always the rebirth that comes out of it. Like energy never dies, it just transforms. So when you start becoming aware of that and the alchemy that surrounds ourselves, <laughs> excuse me, and our life, and how we can also co-create with that energy into transforming things like we could put we could put our hand in it we can add an ingredient we might not got the recipe but we can add an ingredient so that when we're feeling a death coming on and when we're feeling you know i'm talking about like you know metaphysically emotionally you know within our own being and a death of ourself or a part of ourself that we're about to let go of like and we could do that every month on a full moon which is tonight um making space for those things that we do want and um re-nurturing a relationship that we have with death and knowing that it's just it's a cycle the same way a new moon we can't see it it's dark you know and then but the light comes back and the and the moon comes back around and um i feel like that helps with the process within ourselves and our own depths within ourselves, and then also with the deaths of others that surround us whether that's friendships partnerships or you know literal loved ones passing there is something else after that i truly believe that you know um i can't tell you what that something else is you know but to know that there's some kind of transformation that could be beneficial for whoever is involved is um is something to it's not it's not it doesn't it doesn't like fix everything but it certainly helps you to release and realize that like a lot of the external grieving that we do once again can be a little selfish and that's not to feel ashamed about but it's more so to just give a reality check to be like all right am I saying this for me or am I saying this for someone else or it's usually for you you know like it's usually for you so then maybe you can give the space to um consider other people in your grief and in your process so yeah that's what i wanted to talk about today so thank you guys for coming on this journey with me and listening and um holding space because whether you are consciously aware of it or not listening to this podcast has been that um so thank you for creating that safe space for me to speak Um, If anybody does want or have any questions that they would like to ask or, you know, talk about, feel free to put them in either of the chats live or in the comments after that this is done. And um, I'll answer them as soon as I can. I'm going to, I brought the heart chakra bowl because something that we, uh, something that isn't readily known is, you know, everyone talks about the heart chakra and it's all about love and being in love and feeling love for everything. And then, you know, everything has a dual nature, right? So the flip side of heart chakra is grief and grief gets stored in our lungs, right? So um, we could unpack the, the, the all of that another time. But yes, I brought this bowl. This bowl came to Texas <laughs> And this bowl's back here, and I've been playing it, doing my best to play it every day at least once. 
because for everybody that is grieving, you know, everybody that needs that little fine tune or energy shift, like the little antenna clearing, right? When I think about these bowls, I think about when you have like an antenna on a radio or on old school TVs and it's fuzzy and then you just, you move it and then you just get it clearer. And that's what I think about when I think about these bowls and what they do, at least the relationship that I have with it for myself and for others around me. So I'm going to play this bowl and I'm going to pull this card and read this poem and that's how it's going to go. But if you do have any questions, feel free to put them down and I'll get to them when I can and or um, in the comments after. So anybody that's listening that is open to receiving the vibration of heart chakra and to help not get rid of grief forever, but help to kind of break up any heaviness that surrounds grief to kind of give us the space to call in some more love that we need for ourselves and whatever that looks like and however that looks like. So taking a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Finding a comfortable space to either just sit or stand or just be and receive the vibrations if that feels good for you. I pray that this bowl reaches you wherever you're at and may these vibrations shake you up in a good way and create an entry point and for where you can give your heart some extra loving. Just taking another deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And before either opening up your eyes or coming back into the space, really just thinking about what is it that your heart needs at this moment. And even if it's just a feeling or color, it doesn't have to make sense. But just giving yourself attention. Most of all, giving yourself this moment to just receive. And if you need a longer moment, 
either pausing the podcast or just giving yourself that moment and then returning back to the space moving your hands and your fingers your feet and your toes your hips and your shoulders and thank you for taking that moment with me and this journey with me in general and I am day uh quote and um i'm gonna do that later so stay tuned that will be posted on my instagram i opened up to this page and this is i feel like i feel like it's both so i'm gonna read both um this is a poem that i opened up to i deserve it I'd rather be disappointed by the truth than satisfied with a lie. Respect me not because I respect you, but because I deserve your respect. How pleased you would be if you found out I respected you only because I wanted you to respect me back or because I wanted something in return. I respect you because you deserve it. Don't listen to me just because I listen to you. I listen to you because you deserve to be heard. Don't, make me, don't be nice to me just because I'm nice to you. I'm nice to you because you deserve to be treated right. Don't show me that you care just because I know you care. Just uh, don't, don't show me that you care just because you know I care. I care for you because your heart needs care. If your thoughts and feelings are not genuine, point them into a direction other than mine. If I only give you what you deserve, at least keep me away from what I don't deserve. Mm. Mm. I want to fold that, but then, I, then it wouldn't be an accurate page turner if I did it another time. <laughs> And then the other page is never doubt. You may doubt that the moonlight will always enlighten your ways in the darkest of nights. You may doubt that the sun will always rise. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. You may, the 121, never doubt. You may doubt that the moonlight will always enlighten your way in the darkest of nights. You may doubt that the sun will always strike its rays through the gloomiest of the clouds to brighten your days. You may doubt that the rainbow will come after the storm or that a shining star of hope will always be there for you to wish upon. But never doubt that there are people out there who will be your light and your darkest of nights, who will brighten your every day, who will open your eyes to the bright side of every situation. Never doubt that there are people out there whose wishes are not for things of their own, but whose wishes are to make your wishes come true. Give your soul a chance to be happy by truly believing that those people exist. If you exist, then they do. That was legit right there. <laughs> those, those poems, it was both of them. Sometimes you open up to a page and you know it's just one. That one, it was, it was both. So that's, that's definitely, that's that, that's on that. And the final thing I'm going to do to conclude the podcast will be... I'm going to pull two cards on what is it that anybody who's listening, anyone who may be struggling with grief or anyone who is open to receiving any kind of guidance from spirit at this time, um, what is it that we need or need to focus on or just need in general for our heart? I pray in a good way to create.
we're open to receive it and um, may this message be relevant to any time or any person who's listening to this podcast and uh, reach them in a good way this is for your acceptance of yourself Peace Offering, White Buffalo Calf Woman. This looks and feels different for anybody who is listening and everybody who is listening, right? The first thing that came out to me and that spoke out is creating peace offering not only um, with others that are surrounding you and with um, whomever or whatever you um, have been grieving or has been disturbing the, not, I don't want to say disturbing, but anything that's been like coming up or like worrying you, you know, making peace uh, not only like internally, but like also extending externally so that doesn't always look the same way like you know instantly you might feel like okay I need to reach out to this person and say this or it might not be a person that you can do that with right and I think that it's important to sit with that what would bring you peace right now what could you do that would bring you peace whether that looks like writing a letter whether that looks like writing a letter and then burning it whether that looks like writing a a 130 page book you know whatever it looks like for you what can help your mind and your heart create peace and how can you offer that not only to the other party but most of all to yourself so that's that and it's also purple so it's like giving like crown chakra it's giving third eye chakra so really listening to yourself calming your your mind and just being able to listen. I really feel like there's something with smoke. Um, so if you smudge, um, I feel like that it might come to you in a good way. So any of those who need a good smudging, you know, or smudging of their house, like here's your friendly reminder to do that. And um, I'm just seeing like smoke surrounding it, not in a negative way, but in a good way. And just pay attention to the smoke and the way it looks, whether you're lighting an incense or you're lighting an herb or you're lighting a charcoal and putting smudge on top of it. Pay attention to the way that the smoke moves because it speaks a language and that language is different in every plant and in every person. And there is no way that you can really sit there and learn. And like, I know you can go online and probably find when smoke moves this way, it means this. And when it moves that way, it means that. Like smoke will mean what it means to you. No one can read that is something like you you can't you can't put rules and 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 um, a system to a formless thing. You can't bring form to smoke. You can bring an illusion of it by trying to contain it. But that's not it in its natural form. So pay attention and um, and you'll be surprised at what you see. So. One eighty four, and this is going to be the affirmation equilibrium. The mind leads the way to feeling, 
and equilibrium is found. I am all and one, and one and all. I rest within myself. I'm going to repeat this affirmation. And if it feels good, you know, you can write it down. You could say it to yourself. 184, equilibrium. The mind leads the way to feeling. An equilibrium is found. I am all and one and one and all. I rest within myself. And that's that, y'all. So thank you for tuning in with me. Thank you for giving me a grace period on my my two weeks hiatus. And um, I'm back. I'll see y'all next week. And enjoy the rest of your day.